I got my drunk ideas. Should we do some drunk ideas? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So again, to, to frame this, these are ideas that I had that I don't think are good, but I still want to say them. So I call it drunk ideas, even though I didn't have them while I was drunk. I was stone cold sober, but that's my cover story. All right. So drunk idea number one is called, and you got every, you got to tell me, I think I did this before. And by the way, one gem came out of it, which was my lucky water brand uh, that I, I do intend to create. So, you know, some gems do come out of, out of this. So Ben, you're a participant in this one. I need you both to give me your your idea, your reaction. What's what should the scale be on the reaction? Is it like, you know, uh, you know, so on a scale of sober to piss drunk, or like on a scale of like you know horrible to good idea? How do you want to rate these? Let's we'll do one to ten. One to ten. All right. First idea is called very long distance girlfriend. Okay, so I had this idea. <laughs> <laughs> because I realized like I'm sitting there and me and my wife, we like to watch all these dating shows, right? So we watch Love is Blind. We watch The Bachelor and you watch these shows and it's sort of like, it's like the honeymoon period. And I, I like, I would say most people's homes are like ours. It's like the scene is this on screen. You see like two usually beautiful people living some kind of fairy tale date. Um, and then like one person's kind of like, you know, there's some drama. One person's being dramatic or one person's unsure and the other person's really good or whatever. And then you, and then if you, if you zoomed out off the TV, you'd see a couch with usually a couple sitting like six feet apart from each other. Cause they're so sick of each other. Uh, you know, there's like, you know, in their sweats, not dressed up with their, you know, double chin eating their popcorn and Cheetos and being like pointing at the screen and be like, ah, oh, she's not even that hot. Or like, you know, <laughs> oh, he's, you know, he's such a jerk. And it's like judging these relationships. Right. But like, there's something to this of why we like it. Right. We like seeing these other relationships, but I also think, it's like, like when the, we do I, that, we, we do that with UFC. It'd be like, oh, he shouldn't have tapped out. Yeah, dude, he's such a pussy. It's like, he's, dude, he's, he's so <laughs> weak. He looks scared. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's so scared. That's why I don't yeah. like him, because he's scared. It's like... <laughs> yeah, he's not confident. <laughs> oh, my God, there's a spider in my room. <laughs> you know, like, so, 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 yeah, there's definitely like a judgy... There's a fun in judging it. But I would also say there's a fun in the sort of fairy tale. Like, I think everybody, when you're watching these shows, you sort of put yourself in the shoes of either the person pursuing or the person being pursued. You know, you're the, you're the damsel or you're the prince, whatever it is. So the, the idea behind Very Long Distance Girlfriend is as follows. It's a service or app. I think it's just a service. I think it's just a, te a text message. This is a phone number you put in your address book. And we give you the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend. You're never gonna meet with this person. It's not even the intention. It's just somebody who's going to treat you perfectly because they're paid to do it. <laughs> and so so it's like prostitution. It's like, a pro what's a prostitute? A prostitute is somebody who's paid to, lo to love you, right? To make love to you. But that's a lot. Uh, not, not, I don't want to cross that line. That's a lot of work. So this is like, you know how Tinder made dating easier because you don't have to like go date everybody. You just sort of swipe left and right easily on your phone. It kind of gave you this like flirting hit but you didn't have to go out, put in a lot of effort. So here's what you would get if you if you sign up for very long, very long distance girlfriend. There's, there's gonna be a person that pretends to be your girlfriend. They're gonna text you, they're gonna ask how you're doing, they're gonna be emotionally there for you, they're gonna text you maybe photos of themselves, they're gonna like, say that they want you, you're gonna be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, this person wants me. They're never gonna nag you. They're never gonna uh, get mad at you. They're never gonna get jealous. They're never going to do any of the things that real human beings do when, that are the downsides of relationships. Only the upside, none of the downside. So for girls, you're going to get Prince Charming on the other side. He's going to be complimentary. He's going to be thoughtful. He's going to be there for you. Uh, and for, for guys, you're going to get sort of what you want as the perfect girlfriend. And we're just going to hire call centers of, 
of just dudes and they're going to behave as your very long distance boyfriend or girlfriend. All right, give me your give me your ratings. I'm going to start with Sam. Hey, quick break to talk about our sponsor today. We're talking about HubSpot and their new AI powered service hub. Okay, so what is service hub? Basically, every customer today wants to be talked to in a personalized way. And before that required tons of human agents. But now with AI, you could do that in a personalized way with fewer humans involved. And so you don't have to scale up your team in order to deliver personalized chat and service. So check out HubSpot's new service hub to use their AI tools to give better support to your customers. That's what they want and that's what they deserve. So visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn how this all new solution can help you deliver customer service with AI to your customers. I give that a 10. I, I think that uh, <laughs> I, I think that's great, to be honest. I think that, that surely that like if we went to adultfriendfinder.com or something like that, is that what they do? What is adult friend finder? What is that like like webcam or you're asking the wrong guy? I don't follow <laughs> yeah, these right. trick questions. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, this is brilliant. How many friends do you have who you've only met? via texting and you've like I've, I've got like a bunch of friends who have only ever <laughs> texted yeah exactly i have now most of my life is people i only text with maybe i knew them before there's a bunch of people that like i don't know just through twitter or through you know the podcast or through friends of friends we get in a group chat together i know their personality they're cool like that's my actual friend even though i never met them so why or not? even heard their voice or talked to them like through voice. And in fact, I have no desire to really meet them. Like, I don't want to go out of my way to go, like, Same. You know, hang out with them. I'm getting all the benefits that I want out of just the texts. Yeah. So anyway, I have a lot of friends like that. And I consider them to be really close friends. I, 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 I can't tell you how tall they are or what their voice sounds like, but right. I love them. And so because of that, I'm in. What do you think, Ben? I give it a one. It sounds <laughs> diabolical. It sounds a evil. one zero or... Oh, just a, a one. one zero. Just a one. <laughs> that was a big, honestly, a big slow roll for a ten. <laughs> yeah, there, there's this genre of idea of Sean business idea that essentially is: I went and watched an episode of Black Mirror and said, actually, that's a good idea. And this that's is one of those. All, but that's a great idea, idea, though. Are good ideas? Yeah, that's yeah, actually. That's like, uh, <laughs> where do you think they're getting their ideas? They go to the great idea pile, and then they take a great idea and they say, okay, let's put this to its logical extreme where it actually turns bad. Like, yes. have you remember that? Remember that TV show on Disney called Smart Home, where uh, the 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 it's like a smart home. It's like Alexa yeah. before Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, yeah. It so great idea. Yeah, and the smart home ended up being the mom and the wife. So it kind of is like what we're describing now. So I think that like yeah, I Alexa, haven't watched her. I think her is something like this. It's like a voice assistant that he kind of falls in love with. I haven't seen that. But again, it's not even about falling in love. It's just, dude. It's fun to get certain types of text messages right it's fun to get a, a funny chat text from a friend it's fun to get something interesting texted to you that's kind of what the hustle does the hustle just sends me some interesting stuff every morning the milk road tries to do that here's some interesting crypto stuff right we're your friend but i'm not really your friend i'm just sending you some cool stuff you like getting that message but that's for the work part of our life what about the personal side ben are you telling me you would i mean i know what you're gonna say you're gonna say no but let me just put it out there anyways you're telling me you would not want to be getting texts from a woman who's so into you and it's not cheating. You're never going to do anything. It's not even a real person. You're never going to see him. Nothing like that. Especially if you're single, right? Like I'm not talking about like, we're all, I think we're all married men. Right. So, so it's not for us. This is for 25 year old me, not 30. I don't know how old I am. 34 year old me. Yeah. I, uh, obviously we're not the, the target demographic, all of us, because we're all married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but having said that, like, even if it was just like a, as a, as a, a friend type of thing, I like, I already have actual friends that I don't text back. The last thing I need is another 
thing that's literally just a person to not text back. I don't need another one of those in my life. But okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe it's a bad idea. Uh, but no, no, no. As a as a business idea, of course it's a good idea. Of course it's like <laughs> this has money making potential. As a thing that is good for humans, you know, that's that's why I gave it a one. Oh, uh, I'm not I'm not in the the good I know, for humans. I, know, I, know. I just felt like I had to be the conscience here. I had to, yeah, one yeah, person I, had to be like, Sean, no, you good. know this is okay. Okay, it's good. I, you know, I'm the I'm the devil. You're the angel on the shoulders. We have to be there, yin and yang. That's how it works. That's good. Uh, yeah, you know, if you want good things, you should. Uh, you know, go eat your vegetables, work out, you know, wake up and pray, do all the things, right? Like, that's cool. Uh, don't, don't invest get, in Russian companies. Yeah, don't invest in Russian companies. Don't have the very long distance girlfriend service for nineteen ninety nine a month. Don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't use TikTok. Don't do any of the things that you do, probably. All right, next idea. It sounds related, but it's not. It's the huge beds company. You kind of alluded to this earlier. <laughs> I've been thinking about the luxuries of life that I care about. We all we all know what I do. Private chef, personal trainer at my house. I live like a king. The one thing I don't live like a king with is my bed is only king-sized. But a true king would not have a king-sized bed. True kings have what's called a emperor-sized bed. Have you ever heard of these? No. <laughs> so <laughs> athletes have these. I saw these because there's a woman who has this business. It's already a great business. There's a woman who makes beds for NBA athletes. And so Shaq has a 24 foot bed, I believe of like 24 foot, like in diameter. And, um, you know, a whole bunch of NBA players do this. They have 12 foot diameter beds, 18 foot, things like that. The room, it's like, it looks ridiculous, but the whole family can sleep on there and still have their space. Uh, like, you know, just to get to your spot on the bed, you kind of have to crawl there like a small child just to your pillow, like, because there was such a long runway. And so I've always saw these and I thought these look super comfortable and I've decided I want a very huge bed. And I realized I wouldn't know where to go buy it. So my idea is a DDC brand called Huge beds. Name TBD. We need a, we need a better name. No, but no, no. Keep it. Huge. It's like it's like the it's like uh, the company Big Ass Fans. Yeah, it should be big ass beds. Okay, that's the big name. Big ass beds. Big ass beds for badass Bab. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing slogan included with my drunk ideas. All right, so so big ass beds, and basically it's just a DTC brand that sells you this, right? Like these are very expensive. So these these run for like twenty twenty thousand dollars on average. I think is like the cost of these like humongous oversized beds, and that's why athletes buy them because they're a the NBA players are already very tall. Plus they got a lot of money, so it's like the sweet spot for them. And this woman who they buy it from, it's this one woman, and she just sells it all through her Instagram. Basically, it's like. Some player posts a picture of his bed, tags the woman. People go look at hers. She has like an Instagram full of huge beds. People go buy from her. Um, so I think that's just like a niche that somebody could go own big ass beds. And I think, you know, okay, athletes is one, but we need to find a new niche. We may need to go into a new sport or maybe, maybe it's business nerds who are trying to optimize their sleep. And it's like, you know, you make Bro, up some mumbo jumbo about this. Having a big bed is not going to make you sleep better unless you're like eight feet tall. Have you tried it? Well, maybe, have you been in maybe a, it's like a free range chicken. Maybe when you're not confined by this, you know, like maybe you have anxiety all night because you might fall off the bed, right? Maybe just being able to stretch out is nice, right? Maybe maybe not being so cramped is nice. I don't know. Seems like there's some benefits. There definitely maybe is, but definitely probably isn't. I mean, haven't you been in, in a Cal <laughs> haven't you been in a California uh, king size bed before? By I have yourself? a California king size bed. Yeah, you have a California. Great. 
You have a California king, and By it's the way, not big Calif- enough for you. A California king is like the same size as a king. It's just longer instead of wider. It's the same overall size. It's just longer. So it's not the same overall size, but yeah. Uh, no, 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 it's the same size, but it's like less wide, more long. Are the other ones more wide, less long? You have a California length king. times width, baby. That's yeah. a huge bed, if you ask me. That I think that's big. Is that not is is it just you and your wife in the bed, or do your kids stay there sometimes? My kids stay there, and my dog. So it's like you know we got a full house in the bed most I nights. I think that likely there's another thing that should be addressed than making <laughs> the bed bigger. The bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like don't let I would call it Parenting. I would create a how about we call it a, how about we create a little kid bed company a or crib. a dog bed. Yeah, or we'll, we'll call it a crib or we can make like a dog bed business. <laughs> also a good idea. <laughs> I think maybe those are the solutions to your problem instead of making a 20 by 20 a 400 square foot bed. <laughs> Ben, what do you got here? It seems like you might be on my Sam, side. Sam is so wrong on this. But <laughs> I I have a king size bed. It is a good size. Uh I don't want to be But it's good anywhere. good enough for you? No. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near my wife when I sleep. I want to have to shout for her to hear me. Like right. there's always like just some little toe poking me in the middle of the night. And if you could just offer me, I never have to worry about that A. B, you're right, Sam. Is it going to actually give me better sleep? Probably not. Is it going to be an amazing experience to just like crawl onto this massive piece of luxury that is 20 feet long? Yes, it sounds like an amazing experience. And I want it. I want to feel that. And you spend a third of your day on this bed, right? You're spending eight hours on this bed. Why not? Just the second second that you said like a 20 foot wide bed, I just knew I wanted it. My heart knows that I (laughs) want that experience. When you see the picture, you're like, ah, this looks like lavish (laughs) as fuck. All right. So. Um, do you guys, one question, do you guys sleep with a pillow in between your legs? Of course. I sleep with a maternity pillow. Same. So I, I, have a body, <laughs> I have a body pillow. And so I like basically spoon the pillow because I need my, my knees to be, I, I can't have well, my knees to Well, that's just straight ergonomics. That's just like, that's proven. <laughs> that's not even like us being weird. That's us being scientists. So the reason I use my wife's pregnancy pillow is science. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you really, you use her? What does she I use? I bought two. So I, so I bought hers. <laughs> I bought her one because my that buddy, my her. buddy told me this. My buddy goes, congrats. You guys are pregnant. Fantastic. So happy for you. Hey, get your phone out and go to this website. You're going to buy this Swedish pillow. It's $200, but trust me, best pillow ever. And I was like, oh my God, like never been so intrigued by a sales pitch. Took out my phone, ordered it right there. I'll never forget where I was. I was in an Uber in Las Vegas when this happened. And I thought, all right. And it's, it's like, it says like five weeks to ship. I was like, oh my God, this must be fantastic if it's like such a shitty experience. And so uh, it arrives. It's amazing. My wife uses it. She's like, it's good. And I was like, oh, only good? He really built it up? Let me try it out. I try it for a nap. So good. I order myself one. And now she never just uses, she never uses any of them. I use both of them, actually. And I, <laughs> I it's fantastic. What's it called? Uh, I'll have to look it up. It's, uh, it's like some Swedish name that I don't really know. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those. I'll, I'll buy one. I, I just had like a really long pillow that I just kind of spoon. But maybe I should buy one of these. It is called, oh, here it is, bbhugme.com. So the two letters, bb, then hugme.com. Bb hug me. Uh, and it's designed in Scandinavia. So not, not Swedish, Scandinavian. And uh, just look at it. It just looks like it's going to be good. And then it is good. It's really, it's really great. Really great pillow. All right. I'm, I'm going to buy one of these. Wow. This looks huge. Yeah. It's not that big, uh, but it's like kind of like 
it's like got like beads inside or whatever so it sort of like forms to your body it's great all right i'm on board with this i bet these guys crush it by the way yeah i can imagine the thing's really i think it's pretty expensive it's like 200 dollars for one pillow which is great sight a lot Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing, if you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives that I thought was pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to DDC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Um, all right. So here's my next drunk idea. I got two more for you. HOA court. Okay. So do you guys have an HOA where you live? No, I'm no. You, one time, if I, if I remember correctly, Sean, you had an HOA just for a duplex didn't you yeah yeah me and uh. me and the, our, our other person we had a hoa with an hoa fee but we both as soon as we bought the place we were like yo well, we're not gonna put 400 dollars into this every every day right like and we both just agree we're, we're not putting 400 dollars a month into this you have an hoa ben yeah and i kind of hate it so Ugh. my hoa has been harassing me lately i've been getting letters so i rent i rent my current place and uh we live in this neighborhood and there's some Karen in this neighborhood that just hates me. And she's like, oh, I don't like that you, you know, leave the trash bins out a little, you know, an extra day. I don't like that you work out on the like street in the driveway. Like you, no exercise, no exercise equipment is allowed. I'm like, what? Is that, are you exaggerating? Really? No, no. There's, for- there's three complaints. There's that, there's that. And then there's another one, which is um, we get like water delivered, like, you know, like the kind of like a, a water dispenser. So you get these jugs, yeah, yeah, these yeah. five gallon jugs. And so they're like, kind of like, they're like the guy delivers it to our door, but he tucks it behind this pillar. So if you're looking at our house, you can't even see it. You'd have to like walk up to our like walk halfway up our thing to go see the thing. And so somebody just keeps complaining to and our landlord's like, dude, what's going on? Is it look and he lives in another state? So he's like, What is this? Like, can you just are you like fucking up things? I'm like, No, I don't do anything wrong. Okay, the trash I do leave out a little bit. Um, but you know, besides that, it's not a big deal. Like when you're working out in the street, is it like just you and your trainer? And what do you do? Just throw in a medicine ball or something? No, we're doing lunges. It's like, dude, I, I can lunge in the street. There's nothing. Or like we have a battle rope that we'll put on a, you know, art. But this, that's my driveway, dude. I can do what I want in my driveway. Right. Um, and so in my neighborhood, it's like mostly really old people that like don't really do it, do much. So, you know, I get it. But I'm not disruptive. Anyway, so, so this HOA thing. And so I first was like, I was like, okay, I have two choices. I can either just quietly resolve the issues, just listen, just move the trash cans in, put the battle rope inside the garage, only move it out when I want, and uh, water jugs. Like, I guess I could pull them inside the door. Uh, it kind of takes up space, but you know, no, no harm done. No, you cannot do those. No, uh, no, 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 no. Number one is not happening. <laughs> right, right. This is war, and so yeah. I went to war. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to waste my time and energy fighting this HOA. Who is this HOA after all? I demanded names. I demanded to speak to somebody. I said, they can call me direct next time they have a problem. I said, here's my number. I put it out there. I started to, um, I said, I started to go take photos of other houses. I said, I'd like to file some complaints myself. 
Oh, what is this children's swing in the front yard this person has? Violation. Why is this person's garbage cans outside? Violation. Uh, why is this person riding their bicycle exercise equipment on the street? Violation. And so I started fighting back. And I started saying, is it because I'm the only brown guy in the neighborhood? I'm of just course. I was, I was if, waiting for the race thing. You had to do that. You had I can, to. I can only wonder what's so different because, again, I see violations all around me now. And so I'm, I am basically, but there's no, my, my complaints are falling on deaf ears. And I'm wasting a bunch of time. I need HOA court. It's a Judge Judy-like show streamed onto Netflix and or YouTube where I can go present my case. And it's a place for petty people to do their thing. And that's that's my pitch. It's, it's actually a show. It's a TV show. HOA court. Or petty court. Petty, Yeah, maybe petty court. Maybe petty is, is the right way to do it. I think that's beautiful. But isn't this... Do HOA people not have a... What's that called where um, before you go to court, you can hire a... Um, arbitration. Me, arbit, uh, an arbit, yeah, mediation, arbit, arbitration. Mediation, yeah. yeah. Uh, is there... What, what do you do with HOA? How do you know who wins? You can't win. That's the problem. HOA is this like, you know, ambiguous force that just controls you even though you, you, you know, you pay your hard-earned American money to, uh, to, to live in this place, to buy this land... To live free, but the freedom's not there. And that's why we need petty court to bring back our freedoms and to put put these petty people back in their place. Do you do you um like it do, do you just like reply all to an email? Well, no, it's like they, they, they use these agents like cowards. There's like a there's like a random HOA e- email address with like one person behind it. It's like, no, who's complaining? Is the majority of the neighborhood complaining? Maybe it's a democracy. Maybe we need 51% complaints for me to change the way I do things. Why does one person get to change my way of living, right? That sounds a little crazy to me. So I just feel like there's no justice. And then when there's no justice, I can't sleep. And that's my so, idea. But I, I, I want to dig deeper on this because I actually think that it's totally not worth your time to fight this. This is, this is a fight. This fight. Oh, these it's fights, certainly not worth my time. <laughs> no, it is. Definitely. These fights are worth our This is what living is for. I love doing this stuff. I, I love fighting with neighbors and like trying to win and like rub their face in it like a dog who pees inside. I love this. And so is there a way? I don't believe that's s- considered the best practice anymore, by the way, for dogs, <laughs> for dog training. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I can deal with HOA. I don't want PETA coming after <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a way that you can set a trap and figure mm. out who it is? Mm. I don't know how I would do that. Um, oh, I know. I put a unique letter under the doorstep of everybody in the neighborhood. I say, listen, I heard about the complaint and I understand. In fact, I'm sorry that I did what I did. Um, you know, I would just love to make it up to you. What's your favorite flavor? Chocolate or vanilla? I'll send you a treat because you were right and I was wrong. And I just need you to know that you were so right with your HOA complaint. Um, So just shoot me your, uh, hey, just text me your favorite flavor. Honey pot. Gotcha. That was actually pretty brilliant. And you could do one of two things. You could either say this person's a flavor. This person, it's a what size t-shirt you are. Or you could just get a bunch of different Google numbers and mm. see which one. Oh, like, no, you no, know, even uh, better. Google, I say, hey, have you guys seen this asshole who lives over here? Guy keeps putting his, free, he keeps doing lunges in the street. Am I right? Like viol- violence in our neighborhood. Um, <laughs> I think we should escalate this. He's not listening. Uh, I believe it was you who made the complaint, but maybe I have that wrong. If it was you, I'd like to discuss steps of how we might escalate this issue to make sure that jerk goes down. You bring them in, bring them close, 
before I, I put them I, put them away. I I I would love for you to do this. How many people live in the neighborhood? Do you think? <laughs> uh, how many people are have part like, of an HOA? No, it's a neighborhood. It's everybody's defaulted in. It's probably I don't know, like a hundred, uh, maybe sixty houses, a hundred houses, something like that. It's a lot, a lot think, of time and energy. You don't I may have to like who, shut down one of my businesses just to do this. You don't think you know who's doing this? I have no idea. Really? It hurts me because I know there's somebody who walks by smiling at me while I'm working out in my garage. I just work out in my garage with the gr- with the door open, just to have some air, right? Like it's no no big deal. I'm allowed to do that in my home gym. You, you, you can't change your behavior. You have to continue doing it. Well, I've already bent, but uh, you know I've, I've brought the water bottles inside and I moved the trash cans. But you uh, should buy lawn chairs and put them in your front lawn <laughs> and just hang out there without a shirt consistently. I think that's what the move has to be. <laughs> That's a gift to the neighborhood. All right. Um, <laughs> last idea. Last idea. All right. The NBA All-Star Game just happened. And um, and every sport has this. And baseball has the Home Run Derby. Uh, football has the Pro Bowl. NBA has the Dunk Contest and the All-Star Game. Why doesn't this exist for business? Is that a thought that's ever crossed your mind? Why don't we have the Tech All-Star Game? Why don't we have the business, the business All-Stars? I feel like there's, a, there's an opportunity here to bring together... The who's who, I'm just going to use tech for now. So bring together the who's who of tech, just the all-stars, honor them, get them to compete for our entertainment, and uh, just make a weekend out of it, right? Why, aren't we, why are we treating this like the sport that it is? So here's, here's how this might work. Tech all-star game is basically a hackathon. And I get Zuck, and I get, get, get Larry Page and Sergey, and I, I go get founders of different mega companies and they're going to perform it's going to be live streamed onto onto youtube and they're going to have to build something they get 24 hours to build something so you have an all-star designer you got johnny ive working with mark zuckerberg all of a sudden you got brian chesky working with you know uh whoever you know sundar or whatever you you get you pair these guys up into random combinations and they're going to have to do a hackathon they're going to have to build something and demo it and somebody wins the trophy for building something cool because you've seen that like darmesh Loves to hack and build little projects. I remember when COVID happened, Kevin Systrom, the guy from Instagram, he built this dashboard that was measuring the viral coefficient and the spread because he's like, hey, these politicians are just like making statements and we have no source of truth, no da- dashboard that tells us how this thing's spreading and how it's not per city. And that's what we need to look at. And so he built this dashboard there. And I just thought, huh, I wonder what would happen if you unleashed these types of brains, the all-stars in a, in a little competition of their own, a little hackathon of their own. What do you think of this idea? I think if you can, if if it's if the if the idea is like an award thing, then I think that's the worst idea you've ever had. I think that's a horrible idea. If you think if it's like a hackathon, no one will ever do that. But I think it's an interesting exercise. And that and here's my question to you: If you took, let's say, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, um, uh, the Google guys, and the CEO, and you had them do a hackathon, do you think any of them are actually still capable of making anything? Some, like making yes. it, but but you, it wouldn't be them on their own. So you'd pair them with like every team is uh, uh, the all star, an all star engineer, so all star technology person, an all star designer, and then an all star CEO, product visionary. Person. No, that's bullshit. It, it's, <laughs> you want one on one. If it's just that, like for example, like I Bezos feel so, can't probably build anything. He might, you know, he's gonna go build like a blog. <laughs> you know, like a well, like WordPress if it was you, if it was like you and me, it's like you guys like you got to go make like a business in the next like week. I'm I'm very confident that just me on my own, I could build something that makes money. Right. Do you think that uh, what are the Google guys, Sergey and Larry, Larry Page? Yeah. Do you think that they're capable of actually making anything? 
maybe like i know zuck can so zuck when when snapchat came out i remember that uh he recognized the threat that was snapchat so early on and created facebook poke he literally wrote code into the facebook poke like their their competitor that they they i think they released it in nine days or like 19 days or something ridiculous and he was one of the lead engineers actually writing code in the project now he doesn't normally do that but that was like the story at least do you think I think he could I think very few others could I remember so Mike Mike Birch who who built Bebo he was a programmer right he's a programmer's programmer he built four or five startups that were all interesting and successful and we did a hack week and I invited Michael I was like Michael come hang out don't just be Mr. Investor you know far away like come hang with us live in our like we're staying in your cabin so like just come hang with us and he came and I was like you want to you want to build something we're all building these little like you know apps and uh, he's like, well, um, don't exactly know JavaScript. <laughs> like the languages I know aren't really used anymore. And I don't really remember a lot of it. And I haven't coded in years. My machine is not even set up to do it. So, uh, you know, I don't even know what I could build at this point. And so he cooked us dinner instead. <laughs> and then later he got back into programming. He's like, oh, yeah, like, OK, now I got my machine set up. I'm, you know, I'm using Python. I'm learning the new languages instead of the old stuff. But he like ramped up over time. And now he loves to code. He codes all the time. But I think when I put him on the spot when he hasn't been doing it, no, he was, it was tough for him to just like go build something, even though he's an engineer. Let me tell you something really quick. This, this isn't that shocking because I didn't exactly own a tech company, but I made a, I, I owned a company that made tens of millions of dollars on the internet. When you use words like Python and JavaScript or whatever you said, I have literally no idea what those are. (laughs) Like, for real, I don't know how programming try, works. Try to guess. What, what is Python? <laughs> well, it's like a language, but I don't know, like, I don't know what you use it for. I don't know what it does. When people talk about, like, Ruby on Rails, I'm like, so there's, like, a Java on Rails? Like, how, like, is there, <laughs> right. like, I, I literally don't know what the word. What are these mean. Rails you speak of? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they'll be like, well, this is CSS and this is HTML and this is, I'm like, I don't know, like, is one of those, like, the outdoor siding of the home? And, like, like I do, like, an analogy. I, I still, to this day, I have no idea what they mean. This is like when I told you, I, you know, I go into home improvement and they're like, okay, so is it a drywall or, and I'm like, it's not wet. Like, wait, what, yeah. do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like, can you give me four or five types of walls with some photos and I can tell you which one it looks most like? Hey, can we do like a prison lineup here and I'll point to the wall that looks most like my wall? <laughs> like when people talk about this stuff. Uh, so the way that we worked at my company was I would sit with the engineer and I would just draw. I'm like the website it probably should look something like this and I'll write the words that it should say. And once you click this button, let me draw the second thing that you should see. And yeah, I would give that, I, I would give it to them and it would work somehow. And I, and I, to this day, I have no idea how any of those things work. Yeah. And who, who needs to, I used to, I used to be like, Oh, I wish I knew how to code. I'd be so much better if I knew how to code. And, I would love to learn how to code. I'm still actually, I'm still like kind of at night. I'm taking this like, you know, Udemy course on Python or something like that. And then our buddy Suli was like, He's like, yeah, people say that. And he's like, I used to know how to code. He's like, uh, he's like, dumbest thing ever. Who cares how to code? He's like, you could pay somebody here. Here's a guy in India. He can code whatever you want. You just tell him he'll do it. And he's can like, I why are you so why obsessed that's with knowing, knowing why? I actually totally disagree with him. I think that the, the key is at least you knew how to do it. So then, um, and if you don't want to do it anymore, that's fine. But I actually think that when there's been times where I've talked to my developer and in my head, I'm like, well, you just got to click this button and you see this. And they're like, well, you don't even have to click the button. You know, like you, this technology, the way it works is you can, I'm like, right. that, that works. That's a possibility. Like, I don't even know. I, I wish I knew how to code. So I knew what frameworks I could like work within because right. when I, as someone who doesn't know how to code, I'm like, 
how do you, how did you, I didn't even know that's possible. Like, you know what I mean? It's like asking someone in 1800 to like explain to them how text messages work. It's like, whoa, 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 what the hell is a phone? Let alone, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's how I feel sometimes when we're talking about coding. So I think that's true. I, I actually agree and disagree with what he said. So I agree in the sense that I used to think, I used to have this story in my head that if I if I knew that, then I'd be able to be do so much more. And I don't believe that that's true. I think that anything I wanted to do, I could do by just, you know, hiring one of many, many programmers out there or using a no code tool. It is actually not holding me back and I can get the same result whether I do it or not. The part I disagree with is I think it's really awesome to be able to have an idea in your head and be able to make it happen yourself because there's a huge lossiness in trying to explain to something else, explain something that's in your head that's kind of fuzzy to somebody else, having them download your fuzzy picture, then they output it in an even fuzzier way. It's like a game of telephone and it comes out very different. A lot of times, like when I write something or like, like if somebody says, all right, uh, can you help me with this email? I'm like, yeah, but you got to give me the keyboard. And they're like, well, no, I'll, like, I'll, I'll type it. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I don't just think of the email. I write the email. And while I'm writing it, I think of what right. to say. Like, I, I can't create content in, a, in, in my head. I create it while I'm doing it. And I think most great things that get created are like that. You're building it. And while you're building it, you're sort of like figuring out what you want to build and like playing with the idea live. And that's what gets separated when you're not the builder yourself. And so I, I, I am jealous that I don't get to do that when it comes to building apps. And let me ask you one more question. So let's just say that we took um, some of the big folks. I, I actually, I won't use Elon because he's proven it, but like you take the guy who started Snapchat, Evan, Evan I think. Uh, Evan Spiegel, yeah. Zuck, the Google folks, Bezos, maybe not Bezos because he's also proven it. But you take them and you strip away like what they've done and they're the same age, but you know they've just been like an insurance agent their whole life. Um, <laughs> do you think, in one scenario, do you think that they could still accomplish something great? And then on the other side, let's just say that they decided at the same time when they were young, nineteen and starting Facebook. Let's just say that, like you know, instead of Facebook, I'm going to focus on like music or or this like music app, like still tech, but just like a right. slightly different version. Do you think that they would be even remotely as big and successful as they as they are? So the second question I think is much easier to answer, which is I think all of those people would be very successful by any like kind of objective measure, but would they be people that we know their name, we talk about them and they're, you know, hundred billionaire, you know, status. No, you know, I do not think that's true. I think luck plays a part in the magnitude of the success, but not the probability of success. So I think all of them, the probability of success for them is all 90 plus percent. They would all be good at what they do, positive impact, you know, make millions of dollars over their career and be like considered top of their field in whatever field they go to. The magnitude of success, the fact that they end, you know, Bezos ends up being worth hundreds of billions of dollars, that I think is um, much more luck of the bounce on which opportunity you took versus others. Um, so yeah, so that that's kind of my answer to the second. One. What would you say? I agree. I think that. The, so for example, there's this guy named David Carp. You know who David Carp is? He's the Tumblr guy, right? He invented Tumblr, and Tumblr basically sold to Yahoo. I think for a a billion was it yeah, was it a billion? billion it sold for a lot of money but he's told then they shut it down tumblr's totally not existent anymore and he uh he doesn't i don't even know what he does he just he's not relevant and i think that a guy like him who i've seen talk and i've heard and i've read his writing he's pretty brilliant and i'm like man 
if Tumblr had not sold or if you were working on something else, I think you could have been way better. Another one is the guy who created Meetup. Um, Scott, I think his name is. Yeah. Uh, he is amazing too. But Meetup is not that big of a that wasn't that big it wasn't that interesting i think if that guy would have worked on something else it actually would have he would have been significantly more successful and and some of these guys it's kind of like they're lance armstrong and they're riding the tour de france in a mountain bike or with a flat tire it's like man you that was needlessly hard if you could have been way better if if you if you just picked a different thing level 10 hustle level 10 skill level six opportunity right meetup to me is like a level six opportunity it was just like a really hard space to go into he did the best of anybody who went into that space we all know the name because of that reason but meetup just wasn't as big as not meeting your friends in real life and only talking to them online through facebook right like facebook was just a far larger opportunity and i don't think it was that zuck knew that so i don't think it's that they're so kind of like um big brain that they just they filter out bad idea like best idea i think you know like there's a lot of text messages that get leaked from zuck early on and he was he thought wirehog was going to be the the real thing he was like you know still debating i don't know if i should do facebook when facebook was like already a thing and working and he's like he's like i think you know this is this stuff that we're doing right now is going to really help us when we do wirehog <laughs> which is like a file transfer protocol that he just thought might be bigger and um you know obviously at some point he recognized no this is the opportunity let me do this but like it's not like upfront he just said i analyzed 100 opportunities and i have identified the one that's going to be this app that has like billions of users i don't believe that that's true at all i think you sort of look into the size of the opportunity and the era that you were born you know these guys if they were born before the tech wave they might have just been the best blacksmith in town and not had like any of the tools that let you become a hundred billionaire because there just was no leverage available to you you know a hundred years ago or whatever yeah i uh by the way michael chandler and justin gaethje they uh they fought like uh three months ago these are two ufc guys and they're both known for kind of being like big meatheads who just stand in the middle and bang and hit each other really hard and they don't there's they're just kind of crazy and justin gaethje at the end said something amazing he goes i love that he had just suffered this like three round war where they're banging each other in the head as hard as they can and you feel sad because you're like this guy has gonna have brain damage and at the end he goes what just happened? I love it. He goes, I feel like I was born in the wrong era. I should have been a Roman gladiator because I would have loved to fight to the death in front of all you people. And I, and I heard that. And I, it gave me chills. I was like, I believe you. I, you're, you and I are not the same. You're, you're crazy. Like You are built to be a warrior. And sometimes I think about that. I'm like, who today like or i i think like who was like like alexander the great if we put him in like today's era like would he just be like too brutish and we'd be like dude you're an idiot bounce like get out of here you dumb idiot <laughs> or like if napoleon came into play nowadays like yeah, we just kind of like a dating app <laughs> yeah like what would like what would like the gladiators of then be working on now like would they just like well let's would, ask would, our historian ben you study these guys what do you think if you transplanted alexander the great or napoleon into this era or edison would he'd be like what are you a dating app really that's so stupid or would he think that that's the coolest thing ever and he goes i wish i could have done this i doubt edison would be into dating apps but i like i was on my alexander the great episode one of the points i made is i was just reading this book about alexander the great and it talked about a contract that he negotiated with one of his contractors one of his suppliers to move their baggage train from one area to another and i was just like oh this is like not that different. Like he had contracts that he had to negotiate and he had suppliers 
who provided his weapons and like logistics and he just contracted them out and he had people in charge of the contracts and like had basically kind of the same organization that CEOs have. So I think like, yeah, so Alexander the Great, I think he'd be a, his personality, he'd probably be like a CEO. Uh, Edison would be like a entrepreneur, kind of technical, but moves out of it like a Zuck. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think about that all the time uh, about like what like the the you know people who dominated from hundreds of years ago. What would they be like today? And vice versa. I'm like, dude, if if Zuck didn't learn how to use a computer, like would that guy have just been a dork like in the 1800s? Like, what could he even have survived the plague? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so I think about that all the time. Um, cool, guys. I got to run. All right, end of episode.